Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. 
Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. The Fighting Cock Podcast is back with Flav, Alex, T and Bardi. We talk about best Spurs dreams. We review the Chelsea game. Is Ericsson a bum? Boring Tony Pulis. Changing your mind about Pochettino. Budgie smugglers. Tall or short? You're a bum. Thanks. You're a bum. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's episode 18, season 5 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Evening. Today we have Alex from Bristol. What's going on? How you doing? I'm alright, yeah. We've got Flonius Filth. Wagwan. We've got Bardi. Hello. How is everyone? Everyone a good week? It's been okay. Been fighting illness and sickness. Oh yeah, you had a, like a problem with your sinuses. I've never had that yeah. before. It's supposed to be pretty bad. It is, it is horrible. It's yeah. really bad. It, I can't. It hurts to move my eyes, and <laughs> it, it hurts to move. It's really. It's, it hasn't been great, to be honest with you. And you tracked it back to ground zero, where, where yeah. you contracted this uh, this horrible illness. Well, when I get sick, I like to find the source of it. You want to know who to blame? Yeah. And I, th- I think I I went to a party full of little kids. That was invited to, of course, and I think I was just <laughs> hanging out with the kid, hanging I out was with kids. And, and I got there were adults. It wasn't that I was invited to a four-year-old's birthday party and I was sat on the table with them all. It just me. There were other adults there. Good. Yeah. 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 Milk yeah. a cow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it. You've not been very well either, though, Flav, have you? No, no. Yeah, Case, Case was asking after. That's nice of him, isn't it? Nice. He's quite a conscientious gentleman, Case. He didn't uh, ask about Barty, though. No. <laughs> uh, well, he knows there's no fighting cock about me, so it's important I'm well. That's a good point. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I, 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 this reason why the pod's late, actually, is because I couldn't do it yesterday. I was being a bit of a Jesse, and um, I, I ate something over the weekend, and I still don't feel great, but... Yeah. Um, Needs must have got a shoulder on, haven't we? That's why you two are that side of the microphone and me and T are the other side. Yeah, but we're yeah. both pointing our breath at yeah. you, so you didn't think about that. Yeah, it should have been diagonally. Uh, yes, I'm feeling much better, thank you. 1882 um, against Monaco, just a reminder, back of block 35. I haven't checked the sales. Uh, how, how's anyone looked? None of us have. No, no. but I would imagine there's a few in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I hope so. I ain't just me and my old man. No. <laughs> are you any of you going? No, I will be in the beautiful island of Hawaii. Time. Yeah, I'm on holiday, mate, as of this Saturday. I'm off. For how long? Off duty. Three weeks. So you're there for Christmas? Well, no, I'm there for two weeks and then, but I'm off moving out and stuff the week after, so I will be unavailable. Sweet. Yeah. I'll be there. Excellent. I'll be there. Nice one, lads. <coughs> and, yeah, obviously still you can pre-order the fanzine. We're looking to get them out um, the week after next. So not this Monday, the Monday after. I haven't locked the door on there's people at the doors again. Um, anyway, um... <laughs> 
I always dread that. Well, I'm, I should lock the fucking door. They're right. I they're they're not going to come in. Four yeah. blokes, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> in your dream, Alex. Um, yeah, so Case, Case had a dream. We thought, as I've had, in the first season, I told a dream about Sean Derry being in a jacuzzi uh, with Sven Goran Eriksson and Sean Derry stood up, he was naked and had a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. But I, 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 I'm so gutted I wasn't involved in the first series. It was, it was magic, to yeah. be fair. Um, but Casey, yeah, he had a dream uh, last night that Dyer went on loan to the scum in January. He was awesome, and it was us and them battling for the title. The last game of the season, he had a chance to block a shot, but you pulled out because he's fucking Spurs. They lost and went. the final whistle went. Uh, their fans went mental and tried to get on the pitch to kill him. He ran out the stadium <laughs> where Case was waiting in a car. <laughs> he jumped in. And they both sped off to White Hart Lane to celebrate winning the league. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. They were giving us loads. Uh, he was. They were giving us loads of stick because he was so good for them. A Spurs player was going to win them the league, and then that happened. That's so a pretty good dream. To be it fair, is, yeah. and that's what I love about dreams. The fact that the best bit of that is that Case was waiting outside the <laughs> car for him. Yeah. What car? I wonder. Uh, yeah, I, I imagined like a really old kind of Opal. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like no, no roof. He kind of just jumped in. That's the kind of cars they have in crew still. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Cuba. There's just nothing. <laughs> nothing's gone to Cuba. Toyota pickups. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing. A Chevette. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing's gone to crew in in about thirty years. <laughs> Bob, do you have a dream? I, well, I have lots of dreams. <laughs> He's eyes. <laughs> He's eyes. No, well, Tottenham related. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, Tottenham related. I always dream before a big game that we lose and I wake up with a sense of relief yeah. that we we haven't played yet and I can go back to sleep. <laughs> but the really bad days is when it happens to you twice. You wake up thinking you've lost, nervous, go back to sleep and you have exactly the same dream. Yeah. Which is weird because if I dream about like Natalie Portman stuff, I, I can never, when I wake up, I can never repeat the same dream again. Yeah. Is it yeah. Black Swan or Leon? No. <laughs> you're not going back to that party again. I can't believe that I actually physically paused for a second to point it. You know I'm sick. It took me a while to like yeah. digest the question. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. uh, Which one? <laughs> of course, Black Swan. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Um, what was it? What was the dream you was going to say before you sort of? Oh no, that dream? wasn't a dream. That was real life. We were talking about. Um, Diarrhea because you were sick and about how I nearly died on dried um, apricots. <laughs> <laughs> so right, yeah. To rewind, what when we're talking about Sorry. ill, you, no. you nearly died eating. Dr- well, because you know, um, well, I didn't know. Well, I know now that mm. I went to Costco and I bought like a giant bag of dried apricots. You spend your life in Costco. I love Costco. Yeah, Costco it's good. I do love it. I do love yeah, Costco. Do love Costco yeah. And I got a giant bag of dried apricots and I was trying to be healthy, so I took a massive Tupperware thing of them to work. And I just sat there. I'd only been in my job two weeks, and I just sat there chomping them down. <laughs> Must have had about 20, 25. That's and then my stomach just went, and I spent the next hour and a half just shitting out, just shitting, <laughs> constant shit. I nearly dehydrated myself. I had to Google Drinking it. water while shitting. Well, I had to Google later what happens if you eat 20... <laughs> <laughs> and there was, like, Yahoo question and answer things that yes. people were going, yeah, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it gives you the shit. So if you're constipated, have some dried apricots. And well. grapes. Grapes do it as well. And mm. I think anything kind of dried <clears throat> will kind of have that effect on you. <laughs> What's your dream now? Mine's very Tottenham related. I don't know what it says about me, but <clears throat> we were in the FA Cup final. I was playing, front three, me, Harry, Teddy. Uh, I kept scoring, uh, 
but the scoreboard wouldn't change. So I'm running away celebrating, everyone's celebrating with me, and then I go back kick off and it was still nil nil. And it's horrendous. And then I'd I'd be like, What's going on? Why you know, I've scored and then everyone in the stadium was laughing at me. <laughs> uh, that shows something about how you see yourself as well. And yeah. then I so I had a tantrum and I uh, ran up the steps and grabbed the cup and my ball. Uh, and just walks out. Yeah. If, the, if there's any psychologist listening to this podcast, yeah. can you analyse Alex's dream yeah. and tell us what it the, means? The bit where everyone was laughing at me was really intense. <laughs> like, I was in the middle of the... on the centre circle of, of Wembley and you're looking around, like, seeing all of the people around you, but I could see every single one of their faces. Yeah, yeah. And it was always someone I knew. Different yeah. people I knew. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, OK. Right, uh, um... <laughs> I, I Just quickly, I had a dream once that I was playing against Spurs... In goal for Scotland. <laughs> and that's, that's it. <laughs> <Why out late? laughs> I don't understand it. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why brain made me do that, but that's that. Tell us your football-related dreams. If you've got any uh, proper good ones or weird ones, we'll read them out next week. Yeah. So, Chelsea, obviously, yes. came after Carabag, which was just a mere 48 hours. Um, mm. Which wasn't ideal, and I think, to a certain extent, our performance showed... I think so, yeah. There's people that have disagreed with me about that uh, in terms of how we actually played uh, and how much what was down to Carabag and the tiredness in inverted commas and that type of thing. But uh, are we talking about Carabag first or are we just going straight to Yeah, Chelsea? why not? Go on. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> Carabag, I was actually, uh, it was one of those games where you're like, oh, you just want to get it over and done with early if you can. Mm. Um, but after the final whistle went and I sat down and, and rationalised it and, and thought about what that result meant and, and what we'd actually done. There, I was like, you know what, that's actually a result that I don't think we would have gotten in previous years. Yeah. Uh, or done it in the way that we did. Wasn't our first away win in Europe in ages? It must yes. have, We've been... Uh, we've got a yeah. road away in Europe has is, is been an issue. I mean, uh, what was, was it last year when we played Olympiakos away? No, it was it wasn't Olympiakos, it was... Um, was it Payok? Yeah. yeah. But it was that game that kind of slammed <coughs> us up away in Europe <coughs> for me, where it was just we couldn't get any... <coughs> excuse me. We couldn't get any type of, of rhythm or any type of tempo to it uh, and that's what I've always expected from us in away games in Europe but I thought you know with Carabag we kind of slowly ground them down and, and then and then got there in the end and I that was a really nice position to be in at the end of We've it. got a good question from Tom Mitchell who says does a qualification ceiling win at Carabag and a nil-nil draw at uh, Chelsea represent successful squad management from Poch last week? Well um, what I was going to say and I suspect it's going to come up again in, again in this podcast is that um We'd have taken it before the game started, so we, we were worrying about that being our furthest journey away, and we came away with a win, and I guess Chelsea would have taken a draw, well, obviously Chelsea in bad form, but on paper would have taken a draw against them anyway. And um, in previous years, they might have lost against Chelsea. I mean, mm-hmm. they had one shot on goal, which, which I, thought they had, I thought they had more than that, but they were, they were threatening. And um, I think, I don't think a draw is as bad as some people were saying. Yeah, what would you, was it down to... In a lack of squad management, I was surprised at the strength of the team at Carabag. Sorry, buddy, were you going to say something? Well, no, I, I was thinking it also does show that as much as he trusts his first eleven, there may be still instances where he doesn't quite trust other people. He's not, he's not in a position yet where he, maybe he doesn't fully believe in Wimmer and he won't start Onoma in these kind of games. So, you know, he's not going to rotate. He's, he's always shown that he plays people he trusts and unfortunately if it's the same kind of 12, 13 players, then... That's the way it's got to be until the squad changes a little bit. I'd like to think that with someone who is as meticulous as, as Pochettino seems to be, that um, 
that he would have been able to look at stats of, and figures and performances of, of, of certain players that played on Thursday that have been playing regularly before and see whether they're in this red zone in inverted commas and, and if they needed rest and, and who did and who didn't. I think we probably saw that with the fact that Rose, Walker and Dembele stayed at home, whereas some others didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and I just yeah, it, yeah, it's like calf strain, I forget. Yeah, but it was. Um, I'd like to think that 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 was part of it, and uh, he's. And another part of it would have been the fact of you know if we can get this done tonight, then you know the Monaco game is doesn't have quite as much as importance, and you know there's a bit more rest maybe period in between that time where have they we, just prioritize. Have we won the table. No, I, no. I, I still think Monaco is quite important because um, there's a lot of big teams in it and mm. a team like Napoli, for example, who are flying at yeah. the moment, they're going to win their group and we don't want to be playing them. We don't want to get a team like Fiorentina. We don't want to get the teams that drop out of the Champions League. So if we want to go on a proper run, we need to win the group just to avoid the kind of stronger teams in the next round. Yeah. Uh, we missed Ali. I think that's fair, which is, again, an amazing thing to say for a 19-year-old kid. Um, no one thought that you'd be doing what you'd done given the fact that you'd signed from MK Dons, but you've done fantastically. But we were a good value for the point. I think so. I, I don't think we missed... Ali in, in as much of an obvious way as, as people thought. I thought um, that the way Chelsea played and the way they set up, it would have been a very similar type of game even if Ali had played. Um, but but one of the things I wanted to say more about Chelsea, particularly, was after the game, there seemed to be a lot of, you know, Chelsea actually came out and dominated second half. I mean, Chelsea official account, I don't know if anyone's read that, yeah. uh, their account of the game, which... No. Right, let, let me read that out. Okay, because I've got it down here, funnily enough. The, the Blues were dominant... This is on their official website. Yeah. The Blues were dominant for much of the game against a physical team who hadn't lost in the Premier League since the opening day of the season. But chances were uh, in short supply at both ends. I've got two issues with that statement. Mm. Chelsea weren't dominant in that game. No. For much of the game, they may have had a spell where they were. They have one shot on goal. They're fairly decent, and um, against the phys- like Spurs are a physical team, but that's like suggesting but we're Stoke. Exactly, exactly. No, you fucking monkey. And what does that tell you about Chelsea as a football club? Every single tier of that football club is from riddled, top to bottom. Riddled propaganda. It is, it's, proper propaganda. It is propaganda. Let's get the fans on side by feeding them this propaganda, and probably their fans will believe it as well. Uh, and, and the one, and you're absolutely right. And the one thing I was going to say on, on the back of that was. It, it was just going through the, through the stats of, of actually what happened in that game in terms of numbers. We had more shots. We had more shots on target, more block shots, 58% possession, better ca- pass completion, better aerial success defensively and attackingly, uh, more dribbles and even more throw-ins. The only thing they had, more than us, if you look at it in terms of stats, was they had more tackles. And that was it. So actually they were more physical. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I think we missed Ali. I mean, I don't think it would have been... A, a different result as such, but I think we missed a bit of um, a bit of penetration. Only once did Mason really burst through with that chance he had, and that's what and he ended up getting taken off because of that chance. So he got got the injury there. Um, I think Ali gives us a bit of ingenuity, and I thought that we lacked a bit of that. And um, we were slow moving the ball and against a team with eleven men behind the ball. We need someone who can do that little bit extra. Um, what was um, good about the game was that. Um, Mourinho definitely snuffed out Rose. He made it. He, he definitely made a point of snuffing out Rose. And William was amazing. Mm. Rose got nothing out of him all game. Yeah, um, I think we probably it seemed like we, we missed Ali a lot because Mason's game was pretty poor. I thought. I don't think he had a great game at all. What did you describe the game as that he had? Me. Yeah, you, you, you described <laughs> <a> wake up. <laughs> <laughs> did you, what was you worried that I wouldn't say? Oh, you were trying to see if I would say it. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Maybe because I, I, 
But <laughs> Waco's all right because it's ages and ages ago. I know, I know. There's certain things in history you shouldn't describe. No, things of course. Out in. It's just, it's just so they say, Wendy, your mate's having a Waco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree with T. What Ali brings us, he commits players, and the way they were set up, they were so they were so rigid that you needed a player just to maybe glide past one, commit a player, bring him out. Like the Dembele shot, he actually went past the player, yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, it's, the pitch opens up. And Son, he, I thought, I, I don't know, maybe I got it wrong with him, but I thought he was the kind of player to like run past people Who? and take Son. I, I think you've got to have more run? when he did and where we've seen the most obvious example of that is against Palace where he had a lot of space to yeah. run into on that count which we didn't have with Chelsea because they had yeah. because they had literally had 10 men behind and the ball that deep. And, yeah. but as much as I complained as uh, much as I think Mason didn't have a good Ooh. game I thought Ericsson should have stepped up here this is a game where you need a player who's got a bit of <clears throat> a bit of common not common sense but a bit of kind of ingenuity yeah. to do the little flick pass or the little quick one two and you saw when Lamella came on he actually did that nice little one two with Sun flicked it over the top and that's what we needed Sun to, Sun to be oh, not Sun Ericsson to be doing I think Ericsson's been game. our weakest player this season by far I don't know if I go quite that far well, I think who's, who's played worse than him uh, Fazio I don't think so I think I, I, I agree with Bardi I think these other type of games that if Ericsson that we think Ericsson is going to be that next the next big you know superstar who's got that Why? potential to, Why I just, does anyone think that? Well, I think because he, because he has he's got I'm that I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit yeah. but he has been our worst player this season you can't argue against that in our first starting eleven. Well, tell me who's been worse. His free kicks have kind of got yeah, maybe. That okay, that's good. He can score some free kicks every now and then. That's good. I think um, I can see where Flowers coming from, in as much as um, what right. Ericsson is capable of, <laughs> and what we're seeing, there's a massive chasm <laughs> between the two. Um, Kane is someone who plays to the limit of his ability, pretty much. I mean, maybe I mean, there's probably little bits of room for him, but Ericsson, you feel that he plays within himself a lot of the time, and. Um, in a tight game like this, it can frustrate. It doesn't maybe pull something out of the bag. I think the only thing against Ericsson is maybe the <clears throat> the progression suddenly of Dembele um, and other players in, in and around that move has maybe taken a little bit of shine away from, or maybe even a little bit of space or a bit of license to do what he does. Don't, perhaps. don't get me wrong, I like him. I yeah. love him, in fact, and I can know what he can do. And I, I've seen him do some amazing things. And his form up until March last year was was fantastic. And he's free kicking uh, as we talked about in the podcast mm. in previous episodes is second to none he's one of the best in Europe at it in my opinion but it just seems he's been ineffectual for, for so long and it's a little bit worrying and I think on form he should be dropped I think in the big games as Bailey was just saying I think in the games like this is where we want him where we want him and probably need him uh, in the future to, to be stepping up and, and perhaps he's not doing that yeah I mean the good thing about this game is we, we keep talking about this young team that is learning and I think it's the first time that it's come up against, I mean, regardless of their form, a big team, a top team, who's actually showed them that much respect and played differently. We, we run, I think, we run Ooh. like 5k less than, than normal in a normal game. Mm. And that had a lot to do because we had the ball, so there was no need to press. Yeah. We, weren't, we weren't hurrying about because they sat deep and they were quite happy to let us have and it. And we might have been a little bit hungover from the Euro. Like, yeah. Do you not think that, because we, we had that conversation in, in the WhatsApp group as the game was going on, right? And I said, it does seem to me that we don't, Quite look on it, you know, and you said and you said that about us yeah. having more possession, so we don't need to press well, you, so much. But yeah. even when we did press, it it didn't, it still didn't quite seem to have that, you know, that 
tempo to it. Because we played 48 hours before. Yeah, it, that's what I was saying. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure I necessarily agree I'm with not that. sure. I just I think, think the way the game played out just stopped us from being able to play that mm. style. The fact that Chelsea played so deep as well is like, yeah. it's hard to really play of any intensity when a team is sitting that far back. Yeah. Is, you, what, what can you really do? I get that, yeah. Pochettino said Chelsea played like a small team. Uh, what do you think Poch meant by that? Is he kind of command of English or was he kind of alluding to what uh, Mourinho I said was no one, that no one knows what was in response to. I've asked and people say oh Mourinho said something before the game Spooky said something before the game Mourinho said what about the small the, the small team mentality well he said something about um, it's pretty much like patronising Pochettino saying oh you know he's managed small clubs and, he's got uh, an easier his uh, job uh, easy. is an easier job than what mine is and then Chelsea, Saturday before yeah. it was maybe the part of the bus when, when Santini held him to a nil nil draft I think I think um, I think what he probably <clears throat> meant by that was <clears throat> you know Chelsea have come here and put Ten men behind the ball. That's usually the type of thing we've got to put up with from a, a Stoke or a you know a Villa or whoever. Yeah, you know and that's it's that's small, probably what he a meant. Small team. Yeah, you're spo- if you're Chelsea, if you're going for the league, you don't come and and defend and break. I mean, yeah, that, I mean you, they've got the quality to damage any team. The, I think it showed the insecurity in Mourinho's management and he's he's faith in his team currently. Mm. There's a lot of blood Klitschko, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Go on, now explain it for people who don't like boxing. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like boxing, fuck you. No, seriously, I'm fucking. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no Pat, um, Klitschko is quite, um, is quite negative, and he wins by being negative. And he's got, a, he's got a knockout punch on him as well, so he should be able to use it maybe a bit yeah, more. But he doesn't. doesn't. I think it was last week you guys were talking about the difference between Pochettino's team and Redknapp's team. Yeah. And the difference is that Redknapp's team would have found a way to lose that game. There's been yes. plenty of times mm-hmm. when we played against teams that have sat deep and had that kind of system and we lost. I mean, Wigan, Wolves, you can, you can list them. There's a whole fucking catalogue of them. But yesterday, the good thing about this Spurs is we, we don't lose. We don't, you know, we don't find a way to lose. We find a way to get a draw. We didn't win, we didn't win it, but we didn't lose it, which is a, it's a nice improvement. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the, the the two things that struck me and two things that I took away from the game was that it was particularly the beginning bit. It was it was very tentative. Both teams kind of not quite. I think from our point of view, Chelsea, we weren't quite sure about how Chelsea were going to approach it. I think we probably had an idea when we saw the team sheet and know Diego Costa, but you could see us trying to figure out, okay, right, how are we going to approach this? You know, what what's what's the plan here? Um, uh, but one thing I really took away of it, and what was really nice to see and really encouraging to see, was with no Diego Costa and the fact of how fluid their front three or four were in terms of swapping positions and and playing in a false number nine, our def- Toby and, and our and our defence, our regular defence of those four that have been so consistent, dealt with it. They <coughs> dealt with something different, not just someone up playing up front on their own with runners coming up behind them. They had something very different and, and dealt with it, which I thought was brilliant. <coughs> well, you know, Mourinho was um, you know having a tug over um, Aiden Hazard. Mm. He scored zero Premier League goals this season. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, and, uh, and last and last year, um, Collymore did an article in, back in May saying our Spurs, you know, are going to fall away this season, and our Costa will outscore Kane this yeah. season. You know, just it just showed I me mean, no one would have, no one would have dreamt that would be. No one knows fuck all, do they? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, football's such an unpredictable sport, which is what's so glorious about it. We're going to win the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, there is the Dave. Yes, <laughs> we're all getting. Oh, you went on the pod. Are you getting a Dave. Dave uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Barney, will you get a Dave tattoo if 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 we win the league? If T gets one, because I don't think T will get one. Well, he will. Just little on his ear. Yeah, you can't. There's there's I said I would. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast 
So what, what's it got to do with tea? But you're a man. But you're a man. You're fucking to say no. That's what I said. Just a little word. It's windy, but you want to say no. Does it? Does it matter where I put it? No, anywhere. All right, fine. Anywhere you can put it under your on the sole of your. I'm going to put it somewhere. It's never. You can put it anywhere. You've definitely said that before. I'm going to put it in a groin so no one ever sees it. Yeah, in a chair. Fine, but you know we've got to take take photos and show in the perennium. If you don't want to do it, you know you want to back out and be the only one. That's fuck, if we were in the league, I'd, I'd, I'd have, have t- anything tattooed on. I don't give a flying I'll, I'll fuck. Dave tattooed on my forehead. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to Darius to Dave tattooed on my wife if we win the league. Yeah, oh, mate, that'd be good. Jonathan Kingwill says, are all these draws going to come back to haunt us? Probably. <clears throat> but the thing is, if you, if you think of it like this, if we would lost a few games, then the draws wouldn't really be an issue. It would be kind mm. of like, a, you know, we can't be inconsistent. There are games we should have won. And they're probably games we could have lost that have, that have both ended up in draws. I, I the, think it's, the Leicester one was one we could have lost. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's about consistency and being difficult to beat, and that's better than than losing these games and being a bit more gung ho. I think so, but I think any team that finishes the end of that thirty eight Premier League se- thirty eight game Premier League season and hasn't got what they wanted or have only missed out on it, like, we'll look at it and go, well, we shouldn't have dropped points there. We shouldn't have dropped points there. It, it happens all the time, and the games that always spring to mind are the teams at home. That you think you should be beating, so just Stokes and you know even the Everton's perhaps. You know it's, it happens to every team. You know I don't think we'd be alone in that. Yeah, I, I think T just mentioned it now. Apart from the Leicester game, there hasn't really been a game which we were lucky to draw. Most of the times we drew, we we, could, we should have probably won the game. Mm. So we've come through three consecutive London derbies without defeat. Do you think this idea that London derbies are difficult, the idea of a derby being difficult, is a bit of a myth now? I think. Um... Because we haven't really found it that the, difficult. The Chelsea game, with the context of what came before it, was a lot more pressionate than it would have been if we didn't beat West Ham. Yeah. So everyone was giddy over that win, said, oh, you know, Spurs are title contenders, Spurs are this, Spurs mm-hmm. are that. And I was the only one who called a draw, not being smug. Because I saw it for what it fucking was, mm-hmm. which is that West Ham um, conceded a goal. They planned smug, but I well, you know, what it was. but no, but the, West Ham's plan fell apart when mm-hmm. we scored early. And um, the way Sunday's game went was that if Chelsea had scored first, then maybe they'd have won. Um, I couldn't break him down. Sorry to cut from the actual chat, but Barney, you just pulled out a handkerchief. <laughs> What's wrong with a handkerchief? Man? I don't know, I've never seen one since my granddad died. <laughs> I use handkerchiefs. I've never seen a handkerchief. <laughs> that genuinely. Years, man. Yeah. Bar- 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 it's, it's, it's like stripes. It's, it's like a. It's like a. It's 50 an 80. Did that come in like a cardboard packet with a seafood? It did. Eight of them. I got it on Amazon. Friday. You never see an eight. No, I don't. No, they were Amazon uh, 100% cotton. Do you wear vests? I do wear vests. Sorry, Do you sleep in pajamas? Yeah. Uh, I have pajama shorts. Yeah. Oh, do you, you don't have like button up like blazers nah, with like a little with like a pocket. Nah, I don't go that far. And a little hat. <laughs> Hello. No, but honestly, uh, handkerchiefs are okay because they're, they're, they're soft. They're nice on your nose and, you know, <laughs> a bit of suave sophistication. Do you, put them in, um, do you put them in a washing machine so you can use them again? Yeah, I don't iron them, though. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, okay. just underpants. Well no, I don't iron them either. But. Do you, do you, are you pants or boxers kind of guy? I wear uh, boxers. Not white oh, ones. Tight-fitting ones. Stripey ones. ones. Yeah. 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 Anyone who wears pants is weird. Shaped my, my dad is the only man alive that still wears pants. <laughs> Do you know what, right? My d- I saw my dad uh, for the first time in months uh, the other day, and he just been on holiday with his with one of his old mates. Right, he's a he's a Brit lad, and they're both 
constantly they're both pissed the majority of the time to be fair but um, he showed me that they, they replicated this picture that they'd done in Portugal with him on his mate's shoulders and they replicated it when they went to Portugal a couple of weeks later so there's like another 25 years on them now and they're yeah. both you know there's a bit more belly to, to yeah. them both um, but the, the bloke who was holding him up is now about 19 stone right yeah. a lovely bloke Pat Right, but he had speedos on. Right? <laughs> that the like, Southern Comfort this? advert? Yeah, that's I love exactly that what it was. I love him, he's a hero. And I was like, why, are you, wearing, why are you wearing speedos? And he was like, it's what men should wear on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> completely stony-faced, it. it's what alpha. men should wear. He's an alpha. Yeah, It's completely true. When I, <laughs> when I, no, but I don't wear speedos, but when I went to Italy, um, I put on my border shorts and my auntie was like really quite upset with me <laughs> that I wasn't wearing speedos. And the other big reveal is my, my sister doesn't listen to this pod anyway. But, <laughs> oh God, I don't know what's going on. Do I? <laughs> her, her fiance wears speedos, oh, well. and I'm just like, I don't think I could ever go on holiday with them yeah. on a beach holiday because where are you going to look? When 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 I was younger, my this is not about speedos, but pants. Going back to the pantsing, um, my my people used to knock on the door. Like my mates yeah. would knock on the door, see if I wanted to go out and play football, or whatever, and I'd hear my the, the, the bell go, and I'd hear my dad run, yeah. and when I heard him run. I knew he was up to mischief. <laughs> and this, bearing in mind, he's like a grown man with a hairy chest. And he's in his pants. Yeah. And he's running to the door to get there before me. Yeah. So he can open the door to my mates in his pants. <laughs> you know, That's excellent. Up, and he's opening up and standing going, all right, lads. Yeah. <laughs> that is excellent. Yeah. You want Gary, dear? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck's sake, dad! Another thing he did, right? <laughs> I don't know why I didn't tell this on the pod when he was on last week. It's like psychologist chair again. Oh, yeah. mate, another thing he did, like, oh, it was hot, uh, and I had a bedroom that faced the street, yeah. and the windows would be open, all right? Yeah. There's no air conditioning or anything like that. It's an old house. And he'd run in naked, completely start bollock naked, and start screaming at the top of his voice so that the woman across the road would look across at this kind of slightly portly, sort of mid-50s, hairy man. Mid-50s by this point. And I would be sitting there on my computer just going... Like, it got to a point where I didn't even give a fuck anymore. You couldn't stop him. You couldn't stop him. Anyway, back to... Uh, London derbies. London derbies. I just think... I think the, the derbies are a bit of a myth. I, I, I get the thing against um, Arsenal. It's always a little bit tense. But the last three games haven't been like London derbies, in my opinion. They've been quite routine. I think the reason why we didn't win this wasn't the combative nature of the game. No. It was about the fact that we... You know, for the Chelsea game, certainly, we looked a little bit tired and, and, and whatnot. But generally, I thought we've, we sailed through those three London derbies, really. Yeah, I think, I think the Arsenal game was very much... London Derby and the fact that really? yeah, just in the fact of I don't know sometimes whether yeah, I get I yeah, yeah I think maybe the, yeah I get in terms of the players I mean I know what it feels like for me yes um, for the, for the West Ham game I think there was a little bit of spice in there there was a little bit of um, there was a little bit of you know yellow cars and kicks here and there and all that rest of it mm. but I think the Chelsea game in particular like you said because of suddenly after the West Ham result not just Tottenham fans. Uh, that pressure comes from external and it comes from media and suddenly people can Spurs win the league surely they can't win the league and they start having that conversation <clears> and people are talking about us and we're not just going about our business unnoticed now yeah. then to go through that game and approach it the way we did and, and probably come out with the result we did was was an even better performance than would, it would have been if it was just a nil-nil and we were something like 7th, 8th or 9th yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I was also going to say about the London derbies is it, our perceptions change of them as well because when we used to play Arsenal over the last 10 years we would go into that fearing fearing mm. them and if we beat them that almost made it even better that we not only beat Arsenal but we overcame a much better team than us whereas now we're almost going in on even 
an evil kind of pegging. So, you know, it's different. The, the anxiety is not as much. All right. That's the Chelsea review done. It was a good one. That's good. Yeah. Let's all pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary team. Doom. Doom. I hate everything. I know. And I love you so much. All right, now we've got Windy. Yeah. Windy, about to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off the loan players, DeAndre Yedlin played the full match for Sunderland as they beat Stoke 2-0. Grant Ward played the full match for Rotherham United as they beat Bristol City 3-0. Nathan Odewer and Dominic Ball were both unused subs for Rangers as they beat St Mirren 4-0 in the Petrofac Training Cup. No idea what that is. Connor Ogilvie played the whole match for Stevenage as they beat Morecambe 4-3. Harry Voss wasn't involved in that, but he did play for under-21, so perhaps that loan move hasn't really worked out. Kenny McAvoy joined York City towards the end of a loan window. He played 90 minutes on his debut as it was 5-1 to Accrington Stanley. And Christian Magoma joined Yeovil Town again towards the end of a loan window. He was an unused sub as it lost 2-0 to Northampton Town. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18 suffered a 3-2 loss against Aston Villa. Keenan Bennett um, had a shot which went in off an Aston Villa defender. That put us in the lead before Villa went 2-1 up. Aramid Ote, excuse the pronunciation, got us level on the, in the 87th minute with a penalty, but Aston Villa pretty much went down the other end and scored immediately. Kieran McKenna said after the match, it was disappointing to concede from the set pieces. I thought we were in a pretty good place in the game. We'd worked hard to get the lead and play well in the first half, but their first goal came from a wide set piece. He spoke highly of George Marsh's performance. Marsh is a central midfielder, but ended up playing the last 20 minutes at right back. Our under-21s beat Middlesbrough 2-1 on Monday with goals from Shaq Coulthurst and Anton Walks. That was Walks' third goal in four matches. Unusual because he used to play as a defender, has been pushed forward recently into midfield and seems to be getting further and further up the pitch. After the match, Hugo Bekiog was full of praise for Milos Velkovic, Luke Amos and Anthony Georgi. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of Fine Got Podcast. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks Wendy. We've got West Bromwich Albion. Such a fucking dull nothing team from a dull nothing part of England. You've uh, you've been up there a couple of times, haven't you? I have. This is the first year I've not been in a long time because it's my girlfriend's birthday, so I'm not going. Happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it's my birthday tomorrow, by the way. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Sagittarius. What are you going to be? Yeah, yeah. Is it 51? A 29. <laughs> 29 is yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a fucking good-looking 50-year-old. <laughs> what, what, like Pluto years? He is a cross between Pluto and Tyson Fury. <laughs> Congratulations, Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't, given the fact that he's... I mean, he, he's like Marmite. I mean, people either hate him or love him. Yeah. I don't agree with what he's said. No. I mean, no. some of the things he's said, certainly about homosexuals, is... Horrendous, yeah. Like, um, no, all of it is. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, all of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the one that said this. Why is it good? <laughs> um, but for a, to, to beat Klitschko, even <laughs> even you know, given the fact that he isn't exciting, he is incredibly difficult to beat. And Fury did beat him on cards in his own hometown. Tyson Fury beat him the way we're going to win the league showboating, hands behind our back. <laughs> anyway, fuck Fury. 
But not fuck you, Al, even though you look lock like him. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, West Brom. 13th in the table. They've just beaten Arsenal. They um, haven't just beaten Arsenal. Sorry, yeah, yeah. They beat them two weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. 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 But, you know, they're off the back of a, a, a great result against Arsenal. Um, I had a little look. I've been trying to make more of an effort on our previews. And I had a look at what West Brom fans have been saying, how they feel about their team. And it isn't... They're, they're not happy. Mm. I mean, they. I think it's more of a pragmatism, really. They've, they understand that Pulis is, is, has been brought in to ensure that they don't go down and get points on the board, and they understand that that's, that's the case. But their style of play isn't pretty. It's effective, which is what you expect from, from Pulis's teams. Yeah, I think what's, I, when I look at teams that appoint Tony Pulis or, or what happened at Stoke and what happened <coughs> at Palace, as a fan, you know the position that we're in now and the way we feel about Pochettino and the way that the club is progressing... I don't know what you'd get. I can understand why they're upset because or frustrated because what's the best you're going to get from a Tony Pulis team? Top 10. Safety, bit of medioc- mid-table mediocrity. And I'm not saying that West Brom deserved to be pushing Champions League if it was any other manager, but every what have you got to, to get it. passionate about and get excited about? Because- and every football fan wants to be excited. Exactly. I mean, that's why we go. Hmm. Well, they've bought, like, um, well, they've bought Lambert and um, Rondon. And um, they've bought a couple of other strikers as well. And their top scorer is James Morrison, who's a midfielder with three goals. Yeah. You know, that, 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 kind of, that, that says it all. Um, we've got a mixed record up there. I always remember the game when Ben Rossi got sent off mm. and we lost 2-0 around Christmas. But I think since then we've, we've not been beaten. So sum up your, your character and the way you view football, that's the one you remember. Yeah, because um, <laughs> actually, that's, 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 that's actually disingenuous in the sense that um, last season Kane scored that very good goal. Did he score twice? Scored a penalty. Yeah. Paulinho got man of the match. We kept coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that, 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 was a, that was a fun game. But You're the only person on earth that remembers that. <laughs> yeah. No, you would do that. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was, um, was going to say, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they've got Rondon, the signing of Rondon showed a little bit of... Uh, Ambition, perhaps, but you can just tell that the the last couple of man or match that they've had are people like James Morrison and Darren Fletcher. You know, so that sums it all up. That's fifteen million as well. I mean, mm. that's not a small amount of money. Yeah. Well, what you get from Pulis is you get a team that's threatened that could go down, and they'll sort you out. He'll put you in a position where you're stable, and then he's always he's never going to be the manager that's going to lead you to glory. But if you're a chairman, appointing someone like Pulis or appointing someone like Allardyce is, is a wise move. Because you can look around the Premier League at the moment, Villa, Newcastle, all these kind of teams, <clears throat> they're crying out for someone with stability. Well, I mean, given what's happened to Villa, as you've just said, um, Wolves, Birmingham, all these teams yeah. are like either you know in Championship or League One. So they're the top dogs in their region, at least. They'll probably take a bit of um, comfort from that. But then sometimes these teams get more expensive managers and then they get relegated and they never come back up again. So, yeah. I mean, Sunderland looked, looked on you know a downward spiral Adidas comes in and they're, and they're stable again so sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for at that level yeah because the, the, the chairman was it Jeremy Peace yes you can see he, he's tried to to put in place a manager which is a bit more kind of expansive and stuff he's tried the Di Matteos he's tried the um, Clark chap oh, I can't remember his name Steve, Clark. Steve, Steve Clark. Clark and who was the guy before Pulis I don't remember his name but oh, the Spanish guy no the, oh he tried Pepe Mel as well yeah, but yeah. there was a little Scottish guy in between Gordon Strachan. No, no, no. Gordon Strachan. So you can see... Gordon <laughs> 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 Archie Gemmel. <laughs> He's tried to, to put the managers in place that could give him a little bit of flair, do something different. But for, for a chairman, the most important thing is the club staying in business and staying in the Premier League. Well, I mean, if they, get, if they do stay in the league for maybe 10 years, 
And that, that's probably how long it takes. They get the money, there's the stability there, and maybe they can go after someone and pay them a little bit more. And but but that's the difference. And you're saying about when we're saying about you know what's the best that fans can get excited about with Tony Pulis. You know, the, I, I know for the fact that, that there was a lot of fans that actually loved Pepe Mel. It, to, particularly towards the end, because there was a bit of character about him, yeah. there was a bit of personality about the team, and and that's what we've got now, and what makes us so excited about what we've what we've got. Well, then you've got teams like Fulham and Wigan, and even Middlesbrough who have reached cup finals. Mm. Yeah. So maybe this one thing will work. Can they do that? I mean, I, well, Middlesbrough got to the European final, didn't they? And they lost to was it was it Seville? Uh, Ramos is Seville, I think. Yeah, and um, what Fulham reached the Europa the League final as well. Yeah. Athletic, um, yeah. Wigan won an FA Cup, so yeah. I guess t- teams like um, Portsmouth as well. Yeah, they were spent beyond their means. Yeah. Exactly. So teams like that probably think, well, why can't we win a trophy? It's wide open. I mean, so that's, that's probably what they'd want. I think it goes down to football fans really, and, and how short-sighted they are. They want everything now, and yes, they yeah. need to be a little bit more kind of you know thinking to the future and find understand the impact of decisions that are made in the short term. Yeah, I mean, Villa were um, on the brink of Champions League once upon a time, and they probably thought, well, why don't we, why don't we hire? And now look at them. They've, they've changed their manager, and they've just, just gone down. Sometimes you, you kind of got to appreciate what you have and build on that. I mean, yeah, it's got to build on that. So they've got, they got James Morrison, Jakob, and Evans, who are, are kind of their standout players. This yeah. Fucking hell, really? Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> If they walked in here now, uh, <laughs> I'd say, come out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? We're closed. Yeah, we're closed. <laughs> um, but it probably says something about the style of play, yeah. the fact yeah. that them three players are their most important. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see how we approach it. Well, again, because of the, how solid they are, well, how their style of play is suited to a more kind of... A difficult team to break down. I think mm. that's what they're going for. You know, they're, they're difficult to beat, and probably why they're thirteenth when they should be probably a little bit lower based on their starting eleven. Uh, and Pulis is being effective, and, and it will be difficult based on that fact. I think they score some of the most stupid goals you've ever <laughs> seen. Right? Have you, if you go through and look at the goals they scored this year, mm. the, the one goal Berahino's got this season, it was a deflection that hit him. Yeah. There was the goal against Sunderland, which was the guy didn't even know who it was, and they, um, I think. They beat Arsenal, and they had one shot on target. And it was a deflection, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, just yeah. got skanky yeah. goals all over them. One thing that might actually be, um, that will help us uh, a bit more, is that you would you would expect Pulis to go, you know, Tottenham are in decent form at the minute. You know, they're one of the teams that people are talking about, let's let's get a point, let's play for a point. But Jakob is suspended for picking up uh, is his, that right? his quota of yellow cards, yeah. So, and Jakob is someone who they've relied on uh, a lot to to play within that that central period. Well, There's break. a couple of games where he's gone without him, and they've been yeah. you know one two no down at half time, and he's brought him on, and then he's pretty much started since those games happened. So they'll be missing him. Well, they'll see what William did to um to Daniel Rose, um, and how Matic was you know had, had one of his better games of the season. Mm. So I'll probably look on that and think well. They're probably set up in a similar way. Do you look at it and think, fuck, we haven't got Willian and Matic? <laughs> well, yeah. probably, and we haven't got Jakob. <laughs> they'll probably think that, but they'll probably think that if they, if they play as a team, then they can probably get something out of the game. But we've got Daly Ali back, so... I genuinely think that, that the, the fact that they're missing Jakob, it's, it's, it's massive for them. That's just, the biggest player that they could have lost against us would have been Jakob, and they only haven't got him. They keep a shit as well. Who is he? Um, my Hill. My Hill. Yeah. Uh, he, he, remember that. he didn't do too badly against Arsenal, though. I think he made some decent saves. But, but when there's pressure, again, when there's big teams are playing teams like that where, where they've got the majority of possession, there's always going to be a lot of shots. And um, all goalkeepers are decent shot stoppers. Like, there's always going to be a come where they pick a couple out of the bag. Yeah. There were no saves in there where it was like, 
how the fuck has he saved that? Yeah. It was all good, solid goalkeeper. Nah, Nothing more. I don't think he's very good. Yeah. I think he's got Rickett in him, definitely. Mm. Okay, well, I don't know. I, I think this is a game we should we should be winning. If we have got aspirations of even finishing the top four, you've got to be winning this game. Lamella come in for Sun, do you think? I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I, mean, he's, he, I don't know how fit he is. Um, I know he played 20 minutes against... It was probably less than that against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, what would you do? I mean, would you take... Would you <laughs> take some... <laughs> yeah, I would take some... You'd, lo- yeah. you'd love him, actually. Uh, Lamella, Lamella, I was disappointed in Sun on, on um, Sunday, just because... It was difficult, though. It was Chelsea. difficult for him, because, again, lack of space, and he, and he, was, and he was, doing, was doing what he was doing. But, again, I just think... Um, I think with what Lamella's done uh, over the last few weeks, I, th- I think we looked... I think we looked better when Lamella came on. Uh, he created two assists in that first in that short twenty minutes that he was on, and I think against a team like West Brom, where it's going to need a little bit of ingenuity, something just a little bit different. I think Lamella's probably a bit more yeah, likely. Out to of the two, Sun's going to offer more ingenuity. I don't think so, and not against a team like West Brom, where they'll have the, the defenders aren't quite as technically uh, gifted in terms of, de- of defensive style. Whereas I think it's easier to to defend against someone like Sun if you get it right. But Lamella's just got that extra little bit that can that can create something a bit more special if he's on it, which I fully anticipate that he will be. I think Son should start. Sorry, Alex. Right. I think Son will me. start. Fine, mate, I think Son will start, but I agree with Alex. I think Lamella's got a little bit more kind of ingenuity in and around the area. I think he out. presses up high, which which is probably be which might be good against their defence. Yeah. Mm. Um, to be fair, I mean, I it's, it's, mind, a, this is it's a nice problem yeah. to have. It's a nice problem to have. Absolutely. We've got two players of similar ability, but what you also got to bear in mind is Son costs twenty-two million pounds, so he's not. So he's, you know, it's not like he's um, a cheap player. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't make any. But yeah, but it, 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 about... it does cloud the thinking of what he should and shouldn't be doing. Oh, well, I, mean, I don't yeah. know. Whether it I think we've. I well, think no, you're it right. Does the supporters. It does yeah, the supporters generally. Yeah. Yeah. It does. But I'd like, like to think that you know. Th- it certainly wouldn't cross Pochettino's mind if he thinks Lamella is better for this game. No, of would course it? So, I, I don't think it would. No. I don't think it goes down to fitness. I think they're both effective. Son isn't really shouldn't really be playing on the right anyway. I think he was born born. He was born, born. to play on the left. He was bought to play on the left or up front, and mm. uh, I know he can and he did well against West Ham on that right hand side. But I don't think it's his natural position. I think Pochettino would much rather be, him be on the left. I think Son plays better when he's got space in front of him. When there's a team that will actually come out a little bit and maybe not sit bet- oh, between think, the, the yeah, centre circle and the edge of I agree, of but I think like that, that goes for any any of those forward three players, Ericsson included. Well, I think Lamella does, will probably do better, Does just has that little yeah, bit more right, when, there's, when the team's in there. Like, like, sucking <laughs> the I can't well, that's because I'm right. I'm surprised you can speak with all that cock in your mouth. I don't normally agree with Alex, but I think Lamella is, <laughs> is, is, is that better. That sounds a little bit homophobic. I'm not the type of fury, I don't mean it like Why don't you normally agree with me? Because I normally chat shit, but I do agree with you. I think Lamella sometimes it's better when it's his natural instinct takes over than if he's running into space and mm. he actually has time to think about it yeah. that's when you see how faulty he is when he just passes it to nobody yeah. December's fixtures look kind compared to how we, you know, we've just had a very difficult November we've come out of it very well mm. um, we could have beaten Arsenal you know, on another day we might have beaten if, if the Carabag game hadn't come two, two days before we might have beaten Chelsea um, but it, we go into a December that's a, on paper a lot kinder and it starts with West Brom. But we got any other... Uh, who else have we got in December? That... Newcastle, Southampton away. Southampton away, yeah. Norwich at home. Yeah. Watford away. Wow. And I mean, Monaco. you'd hope that you'd get some decent results yeah. there. This month I is mean, almost more important... Not harder, but it's more... 
telling pressure to do well right? yeah or not even that probably yeah, but this this month is more telling as to what we're going to do this season than it was last month i mean we've all talked about oh, imagine if we get through november and are still you know unbeaten since the first day and if someone had said look you're going to take this amount of points from november then we would have snapped around off but i think getting through december and beating these teams that we probably should beat will be the tell as to whether we're actually going to do something this year west brom is a game we should 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 win so how are we going to do do you think what are your predictions 3-1 spurs I think I think it'll be relatively comfortable, yeah. Yeah, two 0 Yeah, I think three one. One nil Spurs, Berahino own goal. Nice. <laughs> Berahino wants to come to us so much he'll start scoring goals for us already. It's interesting because you think of De Gea who was also a contract rebel and he's gone back in the team, started every game. It hasn't worked out for Berahino at all. He's been on the bench, he's he's not played well, he's obviously not happy there. Would you is this a player you still want to take in, in January? I, I think so because I think the difference between between De Gea and Berahino is when the whole thing with De Gea happened and it was obviously evident that he wasn't going to be able to go, sign a new contract, give yourself another five, ten, fifteen grand a week and that you can go next year. Mm. That's obviously not happened with Berahino. That's going to affect the way he plays, the way he feels about the club, the way he feels about his teammates would you just take him in general yeah I would yeah yeah yeah. what about you team? I would I know you notoriously don't care about how much players cost but I think that's a factor in whether we bother going for them or not but I think we need another body up front and um, I think he'd be effective if he's owned definitely with the fact that we that Kane could get injured or yeah. he may need a rest <clears> at some stage he covers so much ground that he's not going to be able to do this all season he's just, his, his body won't take it I don't think his price would have come down now because he hasn't had this st- if he'd have been scoring 7, 8, 9, 10 goals at the start of the season then it might not have happened but yeah. it hasn't they've got Rondon they've got Lambert they've got another young kid coming up uh, that's on the bench quite a lot for him as well and they've got I think I think that it's very possible and probably quite likely um, I mean the worry is is that we're going to run out of steam in February again and I don't think we can afford to make those mistakes again Um Postino, I mean, there was a lot of talk about the rotation and the lack there of last season. It's, come, it's almost happening again this season. There's about 13, 14 players that he trusts. And I hope that in January we do buy a player who can slot in. All I would say is that all the mistakes we made last year and our failings last year, last year haven't been apparent this season. And hopefully that's one of them. But we were, we were in a similar position this time last year. I don't think we were as, as consistent. And, and No, 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 I, of course. Uh, but Fazio over Tongan had that run. Yeah, yeah. And... There was a time where we thought, you know, I, I remember saying quite openly that Fazio and Vertonghen were our best. Do, do, you, know what it is? do you know what it is? And I'm looking at you because you said exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, we all did. Yeah. There's no, no, no shame in that. No, no, no. And the thing about the podcast is that you, as football fans, you change your mind so quickly yeah. based on performances. And I'm, like I said before, I'm trying to be more... Rational. Rational and open-minded and understanding. <laughs> it's less interesting to me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, just, just, to, just to wrap that bit up, I was just going to say, with, um, do, do you think that at that, this point now, with the league the way it is, Chelsea, what, 13, 14 points off of, off of fourth? Oh, they're 10 below us. Yeah, but like I said, but that gap is there. So that, opp- that opportunity to get into the Champions League, which they might not have fought this year, they might have... Like we said at the beginning of the year, you know, Potters might have been given a remit saying, "Look, we don't an- expect you to get top four. If you do, great." I think Levy would have said, "You've got to finish top four. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think well, even answer. if that's the case, then we're yeah. in a position now in this league where We've got a good chance. Uh, yeah, really so good go chance. out and spend a little uh, bit more. Do you know money. what I read? In order to finish uh, top four, Chelsea will have to replicate form that won, that the, won the, the title yeah. yeah last year, which 
shows you how difficult it is. <laughs> and Chelsea have to come a long way. And on evidence of, of Sunday, I don't think it's fixed there at all. It means this January transfer window is going to be a lot busier than previous January transfer windows, I think, for, for numerous clubs. Because that gap and that opportunity to finish in places that teams probably didn't think that they had the opportunity to finish in is really, really up for grabs this year. My master plan of, of signing Jamie Vardy is the thing that would guarantee us a top four like place. Him. I don't, I don't like him either. He looks yeah. like a bit of a scum. A little cunt. bit of a rat. A little bit of a rat. Like, when he, he scored 13, his 13th goal and his, and his way of celebrating was pointing at himself. And I get it. Yeah. He did it. He, he, he's, yeah, he, yeah. he's been amazing. But wind your neck in a little bit, mate. <laughs> someone said, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, uh, imagine if your sister brought him home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If your sister brought him home as like a new boyfriend. Yeah, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't like him. You wouldn't you? be happy, no. Mm. I'm, not too, I'm not too fussed with Jamie Vardy anyway. But I'll just put that in there. Okay, uh, should we? We got a good question, man, and it's one of the things. So many people are asking, "Well, why? Why are you asking this?" It's kind of concentrating on the negative, but it's about how people react and and the potch out brigade. And it's very small; it ain't nothing like Wenger out. But there's always going to be an element of that in your support. Um, we've got a question from Sean Kelly. He says, "Should the should potch out Wallers? What's a Waller? No idea. Should X." Well, I don't know. Maybe it's like Alf, Alf Stewart in there, moment away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Voila, I don't know. It's All right, well, that's a cracking uh, reference. Uh, like, like me, be allowed to enjoy what he's now doing at the club. So people wanted them out. Cause should he be allowed? To- yes, you should. Be. Of course, you should. Everybody makes mistakes. Is the fact actually is people that are staunchly, regardless of whether or not they're right or wrong, they stick to their guns because they don't want to appear to be wrong or, or give ground. Actually, it probably shows more about you as a human being if you're willing to say, actually, do you know what? I wasn't. I was incorrect. And I said the same thing about Harry Kane. Obviously, I, I was so wrong. Mm. I couldn't be more wrong. And, you know, and the same, same goes for Potsdam. Yeah, look, it's Tottenham. It's a team that you belong to and you love. If you fucking enjoy it. Enjoy every minute of it. Even if you said that Potsch weren't right, it's an opinion and everyone's... Entitled to it, I guess. Football's about having opinions. You're you're wrong about a fucking hundred times a day. Every time you do something, you're driving for a fucking traffic light, you think it's going to stay green, it turns red. And being wrong is not something to be ashamed about, you know? Mm. You have an opinion, you voice it. As long as you voice it in a fucking coherent way, then what's the problem? But just admit when you're wrong as well. I, uh, it's funny that it's come up, actually, because I, I tweeted something this morning off one of my uh, one of the Time Hop apps. Uh, that just back so eight years and it was said uh, eight years Gareth I don't know where it was eight years but it was uh, David Bentley and Gareth Bale fuck off yeah yeah and uh, you know <laughs> I was fifty percent right to be fair <laughs> but uh, you know th- there's some players and some things that will that will make you change your mind and you literally have no choice but to change your mind which you know which I think Poch will probably end up doing for a lot of people but Barty's right you know it's we know nothing. We're, we're not professional footballs. We're not coaches. We're not managers. We're people that watch an awful lot of football and then form an opinion about it. But we've, sometimes got, we've got a huge amount of emotion involved. Exactly. In. When you're emotional, you don't make the be- you don't make the best judgment calls. No. Not you know. Always. You've seen. You know. <laughs> nothing. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Pochettino out thing. Um, he's not. I don't think he's won anyone over as such. We're going through a good patch right now. Um, the West Ham game being the um, apex. No, the, the pinnacle of, of that. But if we lose against West Brom and lose against Newcastle the following week, they'll, they'll be back. Yeah, of course. So the it's, it's, season's not over. It's not won anything yet. So some of the criticisms aimed at him were his brand of football was similar to AVB's. It was a little bit boring, a bit pragmatic. His substitutions <clears throat> weren't excellent. Um, 
One of the weird ones, he was a yes man for Levy, so I think it was probably more of the, the, the Levy out thing than it actually being any fact in that. Um, I think what an interesting thing was a, a no plan B, which I, I know, I mean, in my opinion, you don't need a plan B. You need to have faith in your system. A plan B, in my opinion, is if it ain't working, put the centre back up front and play a long ball. That's a plan B. I mean, and he can do that if he wants. Yeah. But actually having putting 100% into making the plan A work, even if it doesn't in certain games, if you make that work 80% of the time, then you're there. Mm. You're, you're doing what you can. You're making your squad work at, as good as it can be. Sometimes it won't work. Some Barcelona, Bayern Munich, mm. get beat occasionally, and their plan A don't work. But if, you, if you're concentrating so, so much and put all of your efforts and, concent- and making your players believe and, 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 and understand the system, that's what you need to do. I don't think fans really appreciate how much work goes in and preparing for a team. So you can't prepare a team for two outcomes. This is the way we're going to play. This gives us the best percentage chance of winning this game. This is what we're going to do. And if it don't work, fucking Vertonghen go up front or Aldevero go up front. I don't want to see that. And we'd be the first to criticise. You know, the days of Gary Doherty suddenly striding up front, or Callum Davenport suddenly making that run in the last five ten minutes yeah. is, is ridiculous. And we would have, and people came people for that. The Plan B thing really, really gets on my tits because it's about what every fan says about every single club and every single manager. It's a cliche. You never listen to talk radio or anything like that or any forums, or whatever. It's always like, no Plan B, no Plan B. It's, it's a myth. There, there's no, there is no one has a Plan B. Yeah. I don't think it's a myth. In oh, that, God, um, here we go, Mr. No, contrary. No, it's not about being contrary. Is that if everyone knows how you're going to play and teams set up to stop how you're going to play, mm. you need to have another way to win a game. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying for a minute that you put Luis up front and hope right. he gets a goal. But what, but what would be what would be a suitable plan B? I'm putting. I'm you not the spot. a fucking coach. Yeah, but I'm the, not a coach. But he's got to have more than one way to win a game. And this season, we've shown that if a team's going to sit behind a ball, right, we're not going to lose a game. But it's like if you're just it's, it's like if you're going to play one way and you're going to lose win or lose based on that, then maybe it's a bit pragmatic. I think you need to find more than one way to win a game. T is um, right, but you guys are also right. The thing is, the reason why Pochettino's never had a plan B is because he, for one year, he barely had a plan A. He could never turn to his bench to change things. He had who do you have? Adebayor, Soldado, Paulinho, yeah, exactly. Stambouli. You can't change anything there. At least now, even now, to be honest with you, you're throwing on NG to kind of win a game against Chelsea. It's not really a plan B. No, but the best teams dig out wins and they find a way to win. And by finding a way to win is not by playing with one plan. But and also, got... and also, if you're not winning games and you're doing a plan A, and your players not going to players are what the fuck am I doing this well, plan A for? You've got to start by. Plan, having a plan not to lose no of course and we've got that now so maybe something will develop out of it but all, all, my, my point about this is just give it time and, and, and saying no plan B after him being in the job less than a season i.e. last season mm. is a little bit short-sighted that was I think I think the plan B. I, th- I think you're right T in the sense but I think when people talk about oh there's no plan B they want to see a complete Shift. leave of what we've been doing yeah. and then suddenly every, the, the game then suddenly looks completely different when you're on the 70 75th minute and for the manager didn't we get criticised for um, taking off there was a game where we took off De- Dembele got brought on for a forward player and then suddenly Dembele was pushed up yeah. it happened I can't remember where it was it might have been Bournemouth was it Swansea 
It might be sw- it probably was Swansea. Yeah, he changed the game. It changed it changed the game. But so it's a subtle change. It's something that is subtle change. But people <laughs> won't see that as a plan B. They'll exactly. just see that oh, as a substitution. Either criticize it or praise it, and then something works. They, do you know what I, mean? I people. I think th- you're giving the people criticizing them not enough credit. Don't worry, there are people who criticize the plan B and the subs. Some some of them are mug, but some there's there's a bit of not everyone who says oh no plan B wants wants a complete sea change. No, of course I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not I trying mean, to generalize season, it in every one, but. Last, like you want so out well, but, uh, all right, fine. I was uh, fine. <laughs> last last season, as as Bardi alluded to, we had players who who were you know basically dead men walking essentially. And um, you look at their benches, no one there say, well, what people criticise as subs, but the bench was shit anyway. So mm. what are you what are you going to do about that? It? It's not his fault. Jesse yeah. Rajdev, uh, Ratty. Uh, you know, well, I haven't seen him in ages. I want to see him again. Yeah, and he came out to a, a, a cockfest a little while ago, uh, and I haven't seen him since. I miss you. Anyway, he, he says... He was at A&82 recently. Anyway, was he? Yeah. All right. Um, he says he genuinely remembers someone saying to him or hearing that they wanted Poch out because he was a little bit chubby. <laughs> one of, I wonder if they gave him the overweight haters card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This card that never fucking happened. It's a myth. It's a lie. <laughs> that never happened. Okay. That was... <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah. Because um, basically this girl, on t- this girl on, the, on the train got handed this card and the card said, um, we're overweight, hate is limited, mm. you are a drain on our resources, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh. Do you but that, that, that never like, happened. Well, it sounds good, because if someone happened to me, I'd it sounds like, cry. It sounds Seriously. like a, 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 kind of a, a marketing firm creating yes. something to go viral. Yeah. Yes. And anyway, this is a football podcast. Sorry about this, but yeah. <laughs> Don't ever do that to me, anyone. If you're from that. Don't ever come up to me and give me a card saying you're fat you, you or bold or anything like that, because I can't have that shit. A mini Tyson Fury Yeah, card. please don't, anyone. <laughs> Love of Christ. Love of Christ. <laughs> Why have you said that? Yeah. But you bring attention to yourself. It's your own fault. Okay. Okay, Mark Stoll from Facebook. He says, "What famous Tottenham fan do you dislike?" Sorry, Tottenham. What famous Tottenham fan? Oh, yeah, yeah like a celebrity. Yeah. Fan. Sorry, what what famous sort of celebrity Tottenham fan do you dislike? One that you just loathe or wish they supported another team. Phil Cornwall. Alan Sugar. Alan Sugar is an absolute fucking cunt bag. I had one. I wrote it down. I hate him. Honest, with every fibre of me, I hate him. <laughs> I've never, I've never tweeted. You know what? really annoyed me was never tweeted him, never tweeted about him. <laughs> Went to go and look at something that someone had said that he'd said. Blocked me. So you must obviously search. Yeah. Oh, he's a PA. Twat. Hate him. Um, I've got Ian Duncan Smith. Oh yeah, I might go without saying here. Why? Hang on, I pulled that out of the bag. Oh, sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. That go- All right, you tell me why if that goes without saying. Tory. Well, look, we have Tories that listen to the podcast. <laughs> All right, I voted Tory in the last election. <laughs> I didn't really. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ian, Ian Duncan Smith, he's a Spurs fan, and um, given what he did, actually, I don't remember, it's too political, but he's fit, fit to work campaign, or the, the, the fit mm. to work scheme, I had ma- major issues with. And do you know what? I wouldn't care if he died tomorrow. That's fair enough. But in the context of Spurs, what, celeb- what famous fans do you hate? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the same as a person. That's his, okay. that's, that's his political People thing. seem to have a lot of beef with the whole Adele thing. What? Really? Why? Yeah, Why? I don't know. I've just seen a lot of people like And is Jessie J one as well? I think she came to a game and she had like a red hoodie fans, on. Man. These are people who just throw a Spurs shirt I think Adele is. I think what the bloke was after was people who openly support Spurs. Talk about Spurs and they're just, just shut oh, the fuck up. Have you got any? Have you got any? I, 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 I don't know. Alan Shaw was the first name that sprung to yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, there's a few ex-players I'd rather shut up about Spurs. 
Yeah, not yeah. so much celebrities though. I don't. I don't really um, know many. I'm, trying to... I'm not a huge fan of Paul Whitehouse. I don't. Think oh really? Been, I don't think he's been that funny for the last twenty years. <laughs> okay, he's pretty. <laughs> Well, that's a matter of an opinion. Well, but he's allowed to support Arsenal. Spurs. There's, 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 I, I'm going to say it. Phil Cornwall winds me up as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. you guys don't want to say anything. Michael McIntyre is, is Spurs. Yeah, right. he's all right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. No, I'm yeah. Is there anything you like, any that you like? You know what? I, I quite like the fact Patsy that... Patsy Do you know who I'd really love to get on this podcast? Devlin. Mm. Uh, he's kind of grime MC. Yeah. I think he'd, he'd be fantastic. Um, he kind of... I, do, do you know what? It, it wouldn't matter to me as long as long as the f- the fan is genuine. You know the worst thing is you imagine like kind of back to the Tories thing, but, but <laughs> with Villa being David Cameron, yeah, like, yeah. He, he kind of it just smacks of someone who doesn't kind of fit in with the rest of the football club. I don't know what it is. I, My friend from uh, Made in Chelsea, Stevie Johnson, he's a good uh, Spurs boy. Oh, I've never watched that never shit watched fucking it, show, yeah. and everyone who watches it does ne- does deserves never to watch his number TV show well, ever he's again. A, he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he is. But he's he's um, do you know what? I fucking hate it, and everyone on there, and <laughs> well, and get him down on the pod. Enough, yeah. And if he's willing to come on, but that is a shit fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind. What a fucking cunts as well. <laughs> Apart from your mate, obviously, your best mate is he the best man at your wedding? Is he? Because he's rich, <laughs> privileged. Just because he wears fur, does he? You weren't invited, were you? So you should get upset about it. Yeah, it's fine. he wasn't either. So don't worry. <laughs> uh, Flav mentioned Devlin, but I love Wiley. Yeah, that would be a that would be a big one, wouldn't it? If we can get Wiley on the pod, that'd be. Uh, I've, I've actually said in the past, he'd probably be my dream guest. Um, Steve Nash, the NBA player, is is mm. a nice bloke. He loves Spurs. I like mm. I like I like him a lot. Isn't there another quite a big NFL? Player that's a Spurs supporter that's come down to the training ground a couple of times. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He came to my school. Did he play for London Monarchs for a bit? I don't fucking know. He's the only NFL player I know. That's why I threw it out there. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea. Okay. Sorry, I've turned off. Okay, so we've got a question from Yossa. He says, Would you rather be eight foot six or three foot six inches? Would you rather be eight foot six inches? Tall or three foot six inches short? I'd rather be eight. I don't know. Because when you're that tall... It's bad. But it's quite bad both ways. No, because some people have said that, you know, when they're a bit taller and bigger, people start on them. Just because they're just because they're yeah, but eight and six tall. is big. Does it no, depend on what type of tool you are, though? Whether you're like tall and built or tall and lanky. I remember no, but Steve even, Mitch, pe- even people who are built get started on. Eight, 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 eight foot six. It, 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 that's huge. That's yeah. a reach. That's, 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 like that's a good foot. fucking. It's almost. Four foot tall I remember you. Steve Merchant saying that he's six foot seven and and he 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 classes he, he classes himself as disabled. <laughs> That was his words. He said because he can't because yeah. he doesn't get special treatment about stuff. He can't he can't buy like a normal car. Well, yeah. not normal, but he can't buy like an average size car. He's got to get a big car. He's got to spend more money. You can't sit on a plane. You can't sit on a bus. Yeah. You can't get on the tube. You can't walk in. You're gonna bang your head. Every, you have to wear a crash helmet because you're gonna bang your head. So on. you're going for three for six. No, because six. then you have like if you're three for six, your penis is gonna be like one and a half centimeters. It's a scale that'll look massive. Yeah. Why not your knee? That, that didn't say in the rules. You also well, didn't say nothing about six, penis. Everything on you is free for six. No, no, so no, 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 no. Everything's only free for six. You're gonna have a tiny. Yeah, you're gonna have a free for six, man. Willow, no. Willow's like a tripod. 
<laughs> Willow. Oh, uh, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Yeah. Warwick Davis. Yeah. Willow called it by his Manding- Mandingo is under is, fa- is under five ten. His cock is fucking huge. <laughs> Who's yeah. Mandingo? Pornstar. Pornstar. Brilliant. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean. <laughs> I'd be three foot six. I, mean, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't three know. Three foot six is way too uh, small. Both of them, but, both of them yeah, are... but I'm the smallest anyway. I'm not five foot. Nine. You're not far off three foot six, but uh, <laughs> you're not five foot nine. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'll go for three foot six as well. I'd have to go for the shorter one too. Yeah. Painfully. Bring this back to football. Who, who have you got any kind of favourites <coughs> in terms of tall players yeah. and short players? I know there's no professional footballers that are three foot six or eight foot six, but when I was must have been on a 13, 14. Uh, my uncle used in Essex used to live next to uh, a lady that worked uh, at the old Spurs training ground in the canteen. Her and her daughter both worked in there. So she, they said one day, oh, you know, you come to the training ground, just stand outside and get some autographs of people that, you know, the players that drive in. Mm. Um, and I stood there and got some autographs from, from Les Ferdinand and Stefan Freund and a couple of people that drove in. And then after they were all in, just when they were about to start training, they'd managed to get one of the security guards to come out and say, oh, look, you can come in, you can come and watch them train. I just got to stand on the edge of a training pitch and watch them train. And as I was walking through, uh, Neil Sullivan came out of, out, of, uh, out of some changing room door and I was just ridiculous at how... <coughs> Tall he was because you don't see these people. He's just right. normal tall. But he was, but he oh, seems six foot two or something. But I'm still tall. What was that? 13, 14? I was little then. You think I'm little now? But I remember thinking he's massive. But the smallest one, uh, as it was coming out, there was a uh, couple of players coming out of treatment who were obviously injured. Yeah. Uh, Ledley came out and that was amazing. But then after that, Jonathan Blondell came out oh, he and he was. Tight, like shorter than me, even at that stage, he was tiny so and he looked about nine. He's your favourite short player of all time, Jonathan Blondell. Yeah, That's just because I got to actually meet him and shake his hand. It turns with animal so, in Belgium in the Belgian leagues. Yeah, apparently so. Um, Eric Cantona was actually um, deceptively tall. Don't know why that was a bit weird. Just kind of related to his story. But um, yeah. favourite short player, um, I'll just go random. Kinkladzi. Mm. I watched him play. He was incredible at Man City. Yeah, he was. He was an amazing player. He couldn't get a ball off him. So he's probably my favourite short player, favourite tall player. Kevin Francis. I'd be random. I remember him. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't he remember was Birmingham striker. People who know know. Yeah. Well, that's not fucking helpful. On a yeah. What do you want to fucking say? <laughs> Tell us a bit about him. Yeah. He was, just, was he good? Was he, good for, was he good for a tall lad? Yeah, yeah he was. Do you know what? Do you know what else? He's a Mountie. In Canada now. Oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> he's a mountain, See, if you hadn't told us, we would never have known <laughs> yeah. that. But, um, but no, it's just awkward. It's like, you know, you get people in the lower leagues, you just like become cult heroes. Yeah. Like, that's what he was. He played for Birmingham and then I think he moved to Stockport and just became the main guy. Another, for them. another Birmingham player, Zigic. Zigic, yeah. Yeah, he's a good one because he's, he's massive. I love the rumour that Arsenal wanted to buy him. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Jose Dominguez was another one of my Fuck players. you! Yes. I was waiting to drop that, you cunt. You know, t- he was so short, he shouldn't have been a footballer because he couldn't probably, he could kick the ball really hard. Yeah. It, it wasn't phys- It's like a bumblebee. <laughs> you know, a bumblebee, in terms of science, shouldn't be able to fly. Their body mass compared to their <laughs> wingspan yeah. shouldn't enable them to fly, but they can, yeah. which is why I love them, because yeah. science doesn't know everything. <laughs> Jose Dominguez shouldn't have been able to kick the ball as hard as he could. Yeah. It's, the le- you know the, the the length of his stride doesn't allow him, but he did, he was brilliant. I, I, I actually he wasn't brilliant. He was average to poor, but I liked him. He was a bit of a cult hero. Yeah, he had. Uh, I remember he kind of cemented it in kind of cult hero status for me once because I remember again as as a kid coming back. I was coming back from football training and rushing to get home to see what the Tottenham Birmingham score was. Yes, on the, his debut. And I was going all the way home, going, 
And I thought if I I had made a deal with myself that if I could just say "Come on, you Spurs" and didn't stop saying "Come on, you Spurs" from the park to my house, then we would win. And I did it all the way until I got onto Teletext and it showed that Dominguez had scored and we won. So I'm glad I never knew you as a kid. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite tall player is Oliver Come. Beerhoff. I remember when he used to play. Oh, for was he not tall? Danese, yeah. He was yeah. six four, I reckon. Yeah, so I, I, I can't believe that anyone hasn't said Peter Crouch and Manny delivered us to the championship. Yeah, yeah. I guess, it's obvious, isn't it? I, no, nobody said Maradona is a favorite small player. Come on, man. He's not, my favorite. Favorite. No, he's, he's not my favourite. He's not even in my favourite human like list. That's the yeah. that's ever lived. Exactly. Yeah, that may be the case, but I don't want to talk about him on this podcast. Yeah. Well, we're talking about small footballers, so my favourite small footballer is Maradona. All right, well, let's, let's talk about fucking... Pushkas is probably another one a bit. Then there you go. Oh, John Kevin Charles. Manabay, I did yeah. say John Charles would be my favourite tall Kevin player. Beattie for Ipswich in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was majestic up in the air. Squat on. Scott Allen Jamie Kiriton West Country Lower Leagues Alfie Conn's not bad but Scott Allen he came on against Luton no no he started against Luton and scored two goals and I thought that he was going to be the bollocks as a kid he went on to become a policeman (laughs) tell you you what I thought was going to really crack on that Spurs Paul Moran and none of you lot will remember him in the late 80s it's Paul Moran and Oli Mora these two people came on the sub in the late 80s and they weren't bad but did fuck all actually Paul Moran was actually a black belt mm. see another little fact <laughs> delivering them today aren't we <laughs> anyway fuck this um, N Rossum from Twitter he says would the league being as open and predictable as it has been for se- um, as it has been for several years the Spurs being one of the most consistent teams of the season we're finishing fourth a feat that we've been chasing desperately for years still leave you somewhat disappointed for what could have been I think if we finish fourth this season I'd be desperately happy I think yeah. that, um, as I said, the West Ham game is it's a, it's a great thing in one way, but it made the whole, made the, all the media and all the whole nation aware of um, what we can do. Mm-hmm. And um, people say, well, you know, if we, if we balance our squad right and get, get everything right, then we can win the league. But and obviously we'll win about 20 points, but realistically, I don't think finishing fourth would be the end of the world. It wouldn't be, but I think it would depend on what happens in front of us. If the team that wins the league kind of, Bumbles their way there, like kind of Man City are doing. They're getting thrashed every now and then. If if there hasn't been an outstanding candidate to win the league, <clears> and we finish fourth and we drop points in silly places, I'll be I'll be a little bit disappointed. But this year, um, this is a, this is a year when when dare I say Arsenal, the two Manchester teams, will think, well, look, we can all win the league. So they they'll probably have more grounds to be disappointed than we are. But give, I mean, considering where we were when the season started as well. Yeah, I think um, I think. A, a lot of what's going to happen now for the rest of the year is going to depend on what happens in January. I think because the league is the way it is now, uh, the scum have got have got have got injuries galore. I wouldn't be surprised now if they did go out after not spending anything in the summer, go out and spend something. As soon as one or two teams make that big purchase, it starts it starts a chain of reactions going on. So I think the league, for the first time in quite a few years, could be a very completely different type of league of, uh, in terms of what we look at it now. January happens, it could be completely different after January because it, the, Chelsea the, the landscape could change, yeah. And, and so I think, it, I, I don't think I'd be disappointed because uh, because I, because I of the way we're playing and the type of squad that we have now and the, and the, and the relationship we've got with the team. But um, it means that we safeguard maybe a couple of players if we don't, if we do finish in the Champions League. I don't think a league, I don't think a league plays in makes that much of a difference. I don't know how we've progressed. I think this year we've progressed already yeah. in that, um, 
we've, we've downsized the squad. Mm-hmm. We've got a team who are committed to play the way Pochettino wants us to play. And we're building on from last season. Whether the place is higher or lower, I think there is progress being shown this season. And next season, I think, will be even better because we'll have the experience of this year. Add one or two more players. So I don't think... I'm not going to hang my hat on a fourth-place finish. I think, regardless, this team is showing progress and it's showing that we've got the right manager and the right players. But what concerns me is if we don't finish fourth, then we're going to become we're going to get we might get stripped by bigger teams. Bigger I don't teams think it matters. Money. I don't, I don't think, think it matters. I, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I, I think if if our manager gets stripped, then it matters. If we if we if we lose our managers, but we we could lose three players from that team buy players that buy into Pochettino's system and we will perform equally next but season. Who's your main concerns or who you think that we would who we could possibly lose if we don't get Champions League? Well, it would be Loris, it would be Kane and it would be Ali or Dyer. Maybe Ali would stay but possibly Dyer. I don't know. It's do you just... really think Kane? Do you, do you generally, I, I think Kane I would, think would be the one that would be the leave. safest. I think for, uh, if you are... But if maybe Loris. Loris, Loris, I would if give Real Madrid come for you. Well, then he's it's, gone. It's very it's difficult to say no. a striker. I think Euro 2016 is another factor mm. as well. If we, so, for example, if we finish fifth and Kane gets top score in Euro 2016, maybe it'll be a struggle. But as Flav says, we've got a system that works and I think young players will want to join us anyway. But then there's also the point that if you, if you lose someone like Kane, you not only you lose Kane, you lose what he represents as well, which takes a big chunk out of what Pochettino's done by building players that we actually, building a team with players that we like and almost we can like relate to. That if you... Even if we get thirty million, then we go out and sign a striker to replace him. Kane, it's not the same. If Kane know? gets 25, 25 goals or twenty goals this season and has a good European Championship, it's going to be a lot more than thirty million. Fifty, probably. And secondly, Kane has benefited from Pochettino, not the other way around. I think uh, I, I, I'm remarkably per- relaxed about it. I must admit, the, it the only person we need to keep out of club is is Pochettino. Hmm. Uh, and Loris actually, because Loris is the type of keeper you can't, you don't find. It. I think we're in a, in a in a good position and maybe a, a slightly better position than than perhaps we would be if we didn't finish out of Champions League. And the fact that these young players, particularly the young, I say British, but the young players that are hungry and want to improve, unless they are going to a super club, almost there is almost no better place for them. I mean, where are they going to go? Where's the better place to progress them as players, particularly at the age they're at? If the Dyers and the Alleys and people like that were 25, 26 years old, you know, that's why the whole Vardy thing is coming up now. I mean, he's 28. If a big club comes in in January, he's gonna go, yeah. this is his last chance. This yeah. is really, isn't it? And his last chance of getting a big contract of someone that's willing to be paid that sort of money for a 28-year-old. We haven't got that. They're all in that young bracket situation where they can wait another season or two. I may be naive, but I, I think... <laughs> a lot of the players, unless there's a, an offer they can't refuse, i.e. Real Madrid, hmm. they're not going to want to leave. Not for another team in, in England. And let, again, unless it's silly money. If Man City come in and want to buy Kane, I'm not sure that's going to happen, or Kane would even want to leave. But in, I'm probably being naive, but I think that, that we've got such a set-up and the players are talking in a way that I've never heard Spurs players talk before. They're sticking up for people. I think they believe in the, in, in the kind of feeling and ethos around the club and the ideology that... Pochettino is instilled. I can't see it. No. The thing is, with other than Loris, Loris is the only one I can see who might might leave, and and it is a worry because goalkeepers are such a an important aspect and so difficult to find. We've seen most of us rated Vaughan, and I wouldn't feel comfortable with Vaughan being you know replacing Loris at the moment. The the thing is that football, as much as however sure we are that these teams would come in and they go, and other teams, other people would stay. The one thing that we all know about football is that you can't ever second guess it. No, of course not. Things change a year from now. We could be a completely different club. Exactly. I hope not. 
but I've seen but you get on with it and you enjoy the ride. Hopefully, well, most people don't. But... All right, that's it from the Fight Angle podcast. Another long one. Uh, T, thank you so much for coming down. Alex, cheers, mate. Bardi, pleasure. Well, the tea, don't even say anything now, yeah? Cheers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just better uh, to respond. <laughs> keep, uh, keep, keep downloading the, the app. Uh, keep pre-ordering the fanzine. We can get it out to you as soon as we can. And keep downloading the podcast. It's the reason why we do it. For you. We love you all. I do it for me, but other than that. <laughs> See? What? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.